Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. We are told in the scriptures, if any man is in Christ, or woman for that matter, they are a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. One of the marks of being a true believer is that our lives have been changed. We are no longer like we used to be. The Bible tells us that we are brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to join us over the next few messages as we are sharing with those who have come to Christ what difference should be noticed in our lives as we follow him as our Lord and Savior. If you are not sure about your relationship with Jesus Christ, Pay close attention to these messages. You'll find out what the difference is between those who walk in the dark and those who walk in the light. We live in a climate where in the church world, we are exposed to the gospel of getting, in which God is considered a type of cosmic genie who jumps to provide a believer's every wish. That's the gospel of getting. We also have a gospel of health and wealth, which asserts that if a believer is not healthy and prosperous, he has simply not exercised his divine rights or else he does not have enough faith to claim his blessings. I've heard that teaching. There's also the gospel of self-esteem, self-love, a high self-image which appeals to man's love of himself. The gospel that Jesus preached is quite different. Jesus, through his direct instructions during his earthly ministry and through his apostles in the rest of the New Testament, repeatedly makes clear these things, that there must be a cross before you can get a crown. There is some sacrifice before you can get some glory. There is some suffering before you can get some rewards. There is some giving before there is gaining. And there is some losing before you can win. If you don't believe that, just read where he says if a man wants to save his life, he will lose it. But if he lose his life, he will gain it. There are those who wish to follow Jesus Christ, however, without a commitment to him. It's kind of like those people who will shack up and live together but would not commit to marry. Oh, Lord, there you go again. <laughs> I just tried to find a, an analogy for people who say they would commit to the Lord. We want to be with the Lord, but we don't want to commit to that level. That's the only analogy I can find. So if you're shacking today, you're it. And people have excuses when they're living together that they can't get married because we don't have enough money. Well, it takes the same amount of money to do what you're doing, shacking, that it takes doing it married. I ain't going to go, I'm not going to stay on that, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, I got a chance. There's always some excuse for not making a commitment. In the seventh chapter of the book of Mark, Jesus talked about being an authentic worshiper. We looked at that last couple of times. 
He told us in that chapter that he does not want us to be like the hypocrites who worshiped him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. He also told us that he did not want us to walk around with an unclean heart. We'd have clean clothes, but unclean hearts. He told us not to get so focused on the rituals and practices because it is what's in a man's heart that will make him unclean. So don't focus on what he's wearing and how he's presenting himself. Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. In chapter 8, Jesus takes it up another level by having us to make our own determination of whether we are going to do what is required to be his disciples. He leaves it up to us to decide if we're going to do what we need to do to be his disciples. One of the problems in the church today is that we got a whole lot of Christians, but very few disciples. That's a big difference from being a Christian and being a disciple. Anybody can be a Christian. All you have to do is say it. And you're, and you're one. I'm a Christian. Somebody was making a case the last few days of whether or not our president was a Christian or not. I wish they'd have asked me that question. I said, you'd have to ask him. He, there's only two that know, him and God. I can't say whether he is or not. I'm having enough trouble trying to say whether I am. <laughs> so there is no one who can determine your level of commitment to the Lord but you. And we're going to talk today about a commitment to follow Christ. See, if you don't shout or lift your hands in church, that doesn't mean that you're not committed to God. If you don't shout like everybody else or lift your hands and say hallelujah, that doesn't mean you're not committed. And if you do shout and run across the front of the church and roll on the floor and speak in tongues, that doesn't mean that you are committed either. So let's look at our text today in Mark chapter 8 verse 34 in the NIV. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. As in the earlier part of this book of Mark, one of the constants regarding Jesus' ministry is the crowds. There was a crowd at the house that presented four friends from bringing one man in on a mat to see Jesus. It was so many people in that house, they couldn't come in through the front door. They went up on the roof and, and took the roof off the house and lowered him down in front of Jesus because of the crowd. That was a crowd for the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. She was trying to get to Jesus. She had to kind of push her way through the folks and, and, and try to get him. And she could hardly get there and touch the hem of his garment. But for the crowd, Jesus had to say, now somebody touch me. That was a crowd that stayed all day by the seashore to hear Jesus preaching and teaching. And it had gotten so late in the day that uh, they didn't have a chance to eat. And Jesus took a, a two-piece fish dinner and fed 5,000 people. That was a crowd. Now this text is telling us that he is calling the crowd to himself 
along with his disciples. The crowd was not the disciples. He called the crowd to himself and the disciples. And the disciples were identified separately from the crowd. Jesus now, after he has spoken to the crowd all through this book of Mark, he's getting ready to separate the committed from the crowd. Whenever there is a challenge to a higher level of spiritual commitment and to righteousness, you can be sure that there will be a sifting of the crowd. As long as there are miracles and music, you can have a crowd. As long as there are fish and loaves and blessings, you will have a crowd. As long as the message is confined to grace and forgiveness and acceptance, you will have a crowd. But when you preach and point out to the biblical standards of righteousness and sanctification and holy living, you are likely to see the crowd dwindle down to the committed. So instead of a densely attended church, you will end up with disciples. All you got to do is preach about the things that people don't like to hear about. They don't want to hear about fornication and sex before marriage. They don't want to hear that that's wrong. They want to call you a hater. They don't want to hear about what the Bible says about homosexuality. They want to say that you're not up to allowing people to love who they want to love. Ministers and preachers have begun to succumb to the culture and to preach what you want to hear so that I can continue to have a crowd. So I need a crowd. You know why I need a crowd? Because the mortgage on this building is so high that I have built so that I can accommodate you with all the bells and whistles and lights and entertainment when you come here that I need you here so I can pay for this. So I'm not about to run you off by telling you you need to step up and commit to Christ. I'm going to tell you, you need to commit to the doctrine that I'm preaching. You need to commit to me and what I do, and you need to try to be like me. One preacher said, if you want what I got to do, you got to do like me if you want what I got. Why don't we do like Jesus for a change? <laughs> Jesus then is ready to get down to business. Now there's a time to minister to folks, there's a time to encourage them, there's a time to share with people that, you know, God's love and God's grace and God's healing and God's deliverance and, and God's uh, patience is with you. But then Jesus is getting ready to get down to business. He said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. If I'm going to do that, I need some people who are disciples. Jesus is now looking for those who would carry on the work of the kingdom. He needed laborers who would be committed to the cause of reaching the lost. Let's look at that passage again, 834 in the book of Mark. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He began with, if anyone would come after me. 
when I look at that, I, it just reminds me of who we ought to be following in the first place. God has placed pastors in the church to lead the people. But we ought to be, like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. If I stop following Christ, stop following me. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. That's who we need to follow. We don't need to follow the preacher. We don't need to follow the sermon. You're my favorite preacher if you're preaching Jesus. If you're not preaching Jesus, you're not my favorite preacher. I don't care how you can swing from the chandeliers. You can preach like Paul. You can do all kind of things. And you can say, gig, 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 all you want. But if you are not teaching about Jesus, you're just going to entertain me for a little while. What we have in our church culture today are pastors and preachers who are entertainers. How are you going to be the preachers of L.A. and New York? And, and they have begun to make a mockery out of God's people with the prophetess wives and, and everybody. And you're just looking at them and we are saying, why don't they just get saved? See, if they were saved, they wouldn't be on TV because it's not exciting. Jesus said, if anyone would follow me. So my job is to point you to Jesus. See, I want to point you to Jesus. And when I point you to Jesus, I'm pointing you to his words and his commands and what he says and what God is telling you. It's not what I say. You know, if it was me, I'd give some of you a break. People come to me and they've got issues. And, and I feel like, you know, if it was me, I'd give you a break. But Jesus said... The word of God says you can't be doing that and get to heaven. Well, you know, Pastor, I just, I just got, no, you can't do that. Now, if it's up to me, I know, I understand, you know, but that's Jesus. I was listening this week to one of the Catholic bishops and they got a church where they just say whatever sexual orientation you can have, you can do this. Jesus said, who am I to judge? I said, how are they going to take that? Then the priest said, homosexuals are not sinners. Just the homosexuality is. So people are trying to find any kind of way to make it work. You know, we can make it work. We can make it work. We got all kind of ways to pitch this together and put that together. And we can make it work to do what we want to do and try to make it look all right. But Jesus said, all that stuff is in the crowd. I know they just came for the fishes and the loaves. I know there are people in this 5,000 folks that's sitting here to eat. I know that some of them are sleeping around. I know that. But they're still hungry. But I'm finna call some folks out that need to be committed. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to be committed, if you're going to come after me. Now, if you're going to keep going after somebody else, you don't have to do this. But if you're coming after me, this is what you're going to have to do. He said, there's a difference between coming around me and coming after me. See, a lot of folks just want to be around the Lord. We want to be around the Lord. We, we want to be around him. Uh, and he had the crowd around him. See, there's a lot of people come to church because they just want to be around him. I heard they have some good singing over there at that church. That's what I heard. I heard they got a good choir. Do you know who the worship leader is at that church? I want to go over there. I heard they got it going on over there. 
See, they want to be around him. They ain't thinking about Jesus. They want to be around him. Yeah, that's the crowd. Want to be around him. They want to use his name. They want to call him Lord. You know, he's my Lord and my Savior. Ooh, it just burns me up when I watch any of these kind of award shows that's on. Somebody been cussing and calling women all kind of hoes and all that stuff like that. He get his award. Well, first I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then what are people going to think that's listening to him? Oh, all that behavior is okay with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, but Jesus said, why call you me, Lord, Lord? He says, now, listen, I, I got that. Don't worry about it. He said, I got that. They're going to stand before me in the judgment, and I'm going to ask him, now, why call me Lord, Lord, and you haven't done what I said? We're going to discover today if you are just around him, or if you are following him. What does it mean to come after Jesus? It means three things. Number one, it means to become his disciple. To follow his teachings. And to enter into his fellowship. And the first step in coming after him is the surrender of our lives to him. When a person comes to Christ for salvation, the old life of sin is exchanged for a new life of righteousness. That's why when we talk about our, our salvation, you can hear us say, I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ. If I give my life to Christ, it is not mine anymore, it's his. See, once you give your life to Christ, you can't say this like the crowd anymore says. Well, it's my life. I do what, what I want to do. That's what they say in the crowd. But when you come to Christ, he says, no, you are no longer your own. You've been bought with the price. Your life is not your own. If you have come to Christ, you have given Christ your life. And if we've not made a decision to surrender our lives to Christ, there's no need to go any further. You're just in the crowd. We will not follow him if we have not come to him. We will not follow him. Jesus then is looking for disciples, not just a crowd of people standing around calling his name. Discipleship then is on God's terms. It's not on our terms. Jesus is reminding us that the key discipleship principle is winning by losing which involves self-denial, cross-bearing, and loyal obedience. He said, if you're going to come after me, I'm going to give you the toughest thing first that you have to do. The first thing you have to do is let him deny himself. Denying yourself is the biggest challenge that you will have in following the Lord. Denying Yourself means to forget one's self, to lose sight of oneself and one's interest. You'll say, well, how can I lose sight of myself and sight of my own interest? The Lord says, no, I'm not talking about the crowd now. I'm talking about somebody who wants to come after me, to walk alongside me. This is what it's going to take. 
Because you can't walk alongside me and go where I'm going to take you if you keep on looking back at what you're trying to get done. And that's why a lot of people don't want to commit to the Lord. We think he's going to mess our lives up. What if the Lord want me to do this? Well, I ask the question, what if the Lord wants you to do that? Don't you want to do that? The can says, no. Why? Because you have not denied yourself. You just want to come close enough so that when you got a need, you can stick out your hand and he can feel your need. Then you want to go on and do what you want to do. Yeah, that's what I want. Touch me, Lord. Lord said, come on up here a little higher. Can't, no, can you come down here a little bit? <laughs> Lord, I need a touch from you. Well, come on up to where I am. No, sir, just drop it on down. <laughs> Send it on down. Send it on down. Lord, let your Holy Ghost come on down. Come on and send it on down. Lord said, no, you come on up. No, send it down, Lord. No, no, no. I've been down. You come up. Well, I want to go up. I might have to stop doing some of the stuff I'm doing if I, if I come up there. The light's too bright. The light is too bright because the light gets to shining on you and you start seeing all, oh, I didn't know I had all this on me. The light's too bright. You don't want to come up there. I got to get clean to come up there. I got to pull some stuff off to come up there. You don't want to come up there. No, the, the problem in the church is you got a lot of folks playing church. You got a lot of folks playing holy. You got a lot of folks playing like they're Christian. You got a lot of folks perpetrating. I want to call them trans Christians. See, you got transgender. You got a woman trying to be a man. And then you got a man trying to be a woman. They are trans. Now, I'm just glad I ain't single no more because now you're going to have to get a DNA to see who you, who you hooking up with. See what you used to be. You get some pretty woman and the woman come and say, hey baby, hey. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. You get trans. You got people want to be something they are not. You had the little white woman over there in the NAACP saying she was black. Well, I want to trans and then now you got Christians. They, they got people who are not saved. They want to be Christians. And then people are, you just look and they're, they're having church. They can shout better than you. They can speak in tongues better than you. They can praise God better than you. They just trans Christians. They ain't even saved. They don't want to follow God. They don't want to pull nothing off. They don't want to commit to Christ. They want to commit to the action and the activities of church. It was the hymn writer who said, What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. When the Spirit of God comes into your life, you are a different person. You will walk different, you will talk different, and you will allow the Holy Spirit to completely control your life so that God can do some amazing things for you and through you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that these messages about living the holy life, the Christian life, has been a help for you. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can hear it on our new podcast. It's called The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. 
Just download the podcast app on your iPhone or your Android and go to The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages. You can share the message with others who you think may benefit from it. Let me invite you as well to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a great series right now, and it will be a blessing and a benefit to all of you who come to know the Lord and want to grow in your faith. The Light of the World is a place to believe and a place to belong. Join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. The Beacon Bookstore is open on our campus for Bibles, books, communion, and church supplies. Call us, 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.